0: One, two, three,
1: four. My gal's a firecracker, sweet like a clementine. Takes a while to unpack her, but boy, I'm glad she's mine. My gal can't help but thrill me. She's a special kind of fun, but lord, Hello, and welcome to the Beehive Podcast, where two Queen Bees... That's me, Beatrice
2: Davies. And me, Beth Levine. ...take you on a wondrous journey. Wondrous? Very wondrous, enchanting, magical, mystical... Adjectival. Through the world of culture, art history... Memes, dick jokes, sexual deviance... Whatever we decide to talk about. And today, listeners, we're talking about... Um, hey Beth, what are we talking about today? Well,
1: we are going to be returning to the mystery of the Chrissy books today. Of course. Of course. But, first, dear Beatrice, I would like to talk to you about something near and dear to my heart.
2: Cardiovascular health?
1: Close. Alien abduction. Question numero uno, why do they always go for the butt stuff? Is that something they do with each other, or just with us?
2: So, to be clear, we're assuming alien abductions actually happen.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, how could you fake that? Human aircraft don't move like UFOs. Plus, they'd have to find all those tiny people to put in the gray costumes and anally probe people. Can't
2: tell if serious. I am.
1: I've been abducted myself. What? Mm Mm-hmm. In high school. I was tripping on shrooms with my boyfriend, and we went out in a field to catch fireflies. There was a loud noise and a light, like a spotlight, shining right down on us. Oh, my God. I don't remember exactly what happened after that, but we woke up in a field in the morning, and my boyfriend's pants were down, and he said his ass was sore.
3: I think your boyfriend got fucked in the ass.
1: He got probed in the ass. Later we both had dreams about the Greys. Okay, Beth, level with me
2: here. You're messing with me, right? Nope.
3: Wait, you actually got abducted by aliens? Yup. Seriously? Mm-hmm. So, like, what do you remember? What did they look like? Did they look like on the X-Files?
1: I just remember a face with these big confused eyes and a dumb beard. A beard? Mm-hmm, and the faces being like, ALIENS!
3: you're fucking with me.
1: Ding ding ding.
3: Asshole.
2: Beth, you said you weren't messing with me. I
1: wasn't, darling. I was messing with Moon. You are an asshole. But you love me. It's true.
3: I don't.
1: Nobody cares, Moon.
3: You know, Beth, one of these days, I'm going to tell Uncle Clive to stop letting you record here.
1: Oh, you're going to tell him? Please. He loves me. He does not. He does. He's always like, oh, Elizabeth, it's so wonderful to see you. You ought to come over for tea every day. Once I figure out how to
2: get rid of my daft nephew always hanging about. Bullshit. Children, children. Beth, you should apologize to Tyler for messing with his head. Tyler, you should apologize for Beth for calling her an asshole. It's fair I'm an asshole. Agreed. Oh my goodness. All right, big surprise. Listeners, we have Sean back in the studio with us again.
0: Yeah. I came down for the weekend. Beautiful weather down here.
2: And we are very happy to have you back. How's New Jersey?
0: It's fine. So, I got a chance to check out the news archives at the Rutgers Library. And? Nothing exciting. I've been skimming through papers from the early 40s, and they aren't fully digitized, so it's not like I can punch in keywords and find all the stories that mention an airplane, factory, or murder. Of course. But I'm still looking, and of course, I'll let you know if anything does turn up.
1: Thanks, Sean. We appreciate that. Hey, Beatrice, I think we should pause and make sure our listeners are up to speed. Uh, Definitely. Will you do the honors, Beth? Sure. First off, if you haven't heard the first couple of episodes yet, you should go back and listen. But just in case you need a refresher, Beatrice found a series of short stories in the Kindle store... There are supposedly true stories about the author's grandmother, Chrissy, growing up in the Great Depression and coming of age during World War II. They're these very lighthearted, fluffy, frothy, G-rated stories, except for a section right in the middle of the series that seems to be a missing excerpt from William Burroughs' Naked Lunch. The upshot is that Chrissy finds her fiancé brutally murdered, but then, immediately after that, he is alive and well and living in Hoboken. It's very bizarre, and we're trying to figure out what the story behind this is. Sean here, who is our special guest again today, Hi. is the grandson of a welder who worked in the airplane factory from the stories. He's helping us as we try to crack this mystery. What do you think,
2: Beatrice? I think that about sums it up. So, Sean, you said you talked to our mom about our show.
0: Yeah, my my nana was my mom's mom, so I mentioned it to my mom, and she listened to the show. And well, that's kind of a long story.
1: That's what we're here for.
0: Mom said it was fine to share this on the show. She said Nana's dead and it's all hearsay, so nobody's gonna get in trouble now. Oh. Yeah. So.
2: So what's the story?
0: Um, whew, where where to start?
1: I think maybe
2: after the break. Okay.
0: Yeah, that would be good.
2: Hey, Sean. Thanks for your help so far. We really love having you sleuth out here with us.
0: Sleuthing? Yes. Well, elementary, my dear. <laughs> Um, I'll be right back.
1: Ooh. Beth. Ooh. Why are you doing that, Beth? I think somebody's sweet on somebody.
3: I am not.
1: Not you, Moon.
2: Jeez. What? Me? No. No way. Mm-hmm. It's time for the coffee break. <laughs>
1: French press, French roast, black as night, and bitter as regret. Just how I like it.
2: What do you have? A double whip cookies and cream frappuccino. Ooh.
3: I have tea.
2: No. What cares? Oh great. Hot. Tyler, you're very fancy today.
3: Damn straight. Thank you for acknowledging.
2: But of course.
0: And I have uh, regular coffee.
1: You know, when I was waiting tables at the diner, people would always ask me for a regular coffee and I always had to get them to clarify. I mean, it's pretty subjective. It's like saying normal coffee. What's normal to me may not be normal to you.
0: In Jersey, regular means sugar and cream.
2: Huh. The more you know. Now, the topic of today's coffee break is, drum roll please, favorite holidays. What are yours, Sean?
0: Okay, okay. I know this is really basic, but I just love Christmas. My family does a great Christmas.
2: Oh, that's so sweet. That's not basic. Most people I know complain about Christmas. My family does a great Christmas, too. Trying to stick out in a movie?
1: Wow, stereotyping much? No, we get buffalo wings. In a movie. What about you, Beatrice? Are you a jingle bell? Oh, no. I love Easter. Really? I don't think I've ever heard anyone say Easter is their favorite holiday. It's definitely mine.
2: I try to go to church every day during Holy Week. I love the special services. Last year, we had an overnight vigil for Jesus in the tomb. Huh. You know, I was kind of expecting you to say something about chocolate and bunnies. Oh, I love bunnies and chocolate too. I get a big chocolate bunny every year, and I start with the ears on Easter, bit by bit, and the next day I eat the feet, and then I chop the rest up and make chocolate chip cookies out of it.
1: I don't think I always appreciate how truly weird you are. Chocolate chip cookies aren't weird. No. No, they're not. What's your favorite holiday? New Year's. Oh, wow. I thought you were going to say Halloween. I mean, Halloween's fun, but New Year's is great. But you hate parties. I do, but I like the New Year's rituals. You know my grandparents are Russian, right? Yeah. Well, New Year's is a big deal to Russians. They're not so big on Christmas because the whole Soviet thing and, you know, my grandparents are Jewish. But New Year's, they get a tree, they make special food, they have all these traditions for ensuring luck in the New Year.
0: Don't Jews have an extra New Year's in the fall?
1: Oh yeah, I love Rosh Hashanah too. Honestly, I just love writing New Year's
2: resolutions. Ah, but have you ever kept any of them?
3: Nope. My favorite is the 4th of July.
2: Yeah?
3: My dad's side of the family has a cookout, and Uncle Clyde gets really drunk starts grumbling about the colonists. It's funny.
1: Oh, does he now?
3: Oh god, don't sound so turned on.
1: You should bring me around to a family cookout sometime, Ty, maybe for Labor Day? Labor Day already happened, Beth. Oh,
3: my uncle is not sexy.
1: How would you know? That's a fair point.
3: I don't want to talk about this.
1: Okay, okay, I'm sure our listeners are dying to hear what Sean's got to say. As am I. Let's get into it. Ready, Sean?
0: Ready. So my mom told me that when her mom, my nana, when she was in hospice, she told my mom this story. Kind of a deathbed confession. She said she knew she should have told somebody, but she was scared. She didn't want to get involved because she didn't trust the police. How would they have reacted if she came around saying that she thought a white lady killed somebody?
2: Wait, killed somebody? Who killed somebody? Shh, let him tell the story.
0: Alright, here's what I know. This girl, Lucy, one of the other factory workers, she, she was late. To work one morning and she was never late. Her sweetheart was getting back from the war and she was so excited, talking about it for weeks. How she was going to throw him a party and cook him a special dinner. She was so, you know, she. So Nana was thinking maybe they got up to a little hanky panky and Lucy overslept. Well, Lucy comes in really late, before lunch, but very late in the morning and. She's white as a sheep and doesn't have any lipstick on and her hair is all ratty like she had just rolled out of bed, but she doesn't look like she's slept any. So Lucy always looked fresh as a daisy, but that day she had, she had these dark circles around her eyes and she was moving slow and shaky. Nobody said anything. Nobody asked her what was wrong. She was just being so spooky. Everybody was just afraid of her, and she stood around the factory the rest of the day, but she didn't do any work. Nobody would have let her near the machines anyway.
2: Wait, but who's Lucy? One of the factory workers, you said. Yeah, but...
0: Alright, 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 hang on. So... I think you'll... uh, Okay, wait, Okay, 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 wait. Let me just finish the story, and then I think you'll have a better idea. So... The day after Lucy came in late, she was gone. Nana never saw her again, but somebody saw in the papers that a young man just back from the war had been killed, and somebody else remembered Lucy talking about her fiancé and recognized the name. So, they all just put two and two together.
3: Oh my god. Lucy's Chrissy.
1: That's what it seems like.
2: Shit. We shouldn't jump to conclusions, though.
1: No, you're right, but... If Lucy was Chrissy, then it seems like her fiancé got murdered and she had a nervous breakdown, right? And a mystery, more or less.
0: Well, alright, that's not the whole story. Though, see, a week or so later, Nana was having dinner at home, and her big brother told her something. Well, he was a milkman, you know, and so he was going all through the neighborhood in the early hours of the morning, dropping off the milk.
3: I never thought about anybody getting murdered early in the morning. Always seemed like a nighttime kind of activity. Moon, shut up.
0: So, my great-uncle Johnny was dropping off milk across the street from the Hotel for Ladies. Hotel
3: for Ladies.
2: <laughs> Moon, shut up. I think that's like a boarding house, right?
0: Um, I think so, yeah. So, so he was dropping off milk, and the sun wasn't quite up yet. And he saw... A white lady, nice looking, not a floozy, he said. He saw her stumbling out down the street with a shoe missing. The lady went to the house, and a minute later, Johnny heard the man shouting. Then the shouting stopped. Johnny ran across the street to make sure the lady was all right, and she almost knocked him over. came barreling out of the front door, blood all over her face and hands, and ran off down the street. Johnny said he just stood there for a second and then he went on, and then he just went right back on dropping off the milk.
1: Oh my goodness. Jeez. So assuming that Lucy is Chrissy, your great uncle saw her fleeing the scene of her fiance's murder.
2: Why didn't he go to the police?
0: Well, the last encounter my great uncle Johnny had with the police, they were sicking a pair of dogs on him because someone called about a suspicious black man creeping around people's houses in the early hours doing his milk deliveries of course oh yeah i mean you can understand why he wanted to keep his head down yes of course
1: wow that is a lot um thanks for sharing this sean thanks for digging it up
0: yeah it's crazy i know
1: and we still don't really know who lucy or chrissy or whoever it was and that's even assuming they were the same person But it does seem like we have a 70-year-old murder case on our hands now.
2: We're really going to have to lean into this, uh, do a lot more research. Are you still on board with this, Sean?
0: Well, you know I am. I just want to find this out as badly as you do now. Me too.
2: So, are we ready for our thought of the day?
1: Uh, yeah. Guests first.
0: Well, uh, okay. Um, wow. The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. That's Henry David Thoreau, Walt.
2: Wow, deep. Okay, uh, Tyler.
0: Thank you, Beatrice. My thought of the day is,
3: damn, they just be killing people.
1: That was just so insightful. My thought of the day is it's important to have as much data as possible before you try to draw
2: conclusions. Hmm, good thing to remember. My thought of the day is, good friends are like the stars. Even if you don't see them, they're always there. Aw, huh. Well, good night, listeners. Or good morning. Goodbye. And good luck.